Do you share our obsession with everything skincare? On the Seasonal Skin Collective podcast, we will do a deep dive into the world of skincare, health, and wellness. My name is Allison, and I am the founder of Seasonal Skin Collective, a seasonal skincare box focused on clean, ethically made products that are tailored to what the skin craves with the arrival of each new season. Join us bi-weekly for tips and tricks from industry experts, inspiring words and advice from brand founders, and guidance on how to maximize your health and wellness from the inside out. Learn something new, discover amazing brands, and get ready for many great skin days ahead. You were telling me that, again, it was anxiety, it was part of being a mom, they were really pushing anxiety medication, but I kept pushing it away because I knew that something wasn't right. I'm not really an anxious person. My body was clearly trying to tell me that something was wrong. To the ninth episode of the Seasonal Skin Collective podcast. I am joined today by Madison Norn, medical esthetician and owner of Dermabar, and also my sister in law, FYI. Though Maddie has an innate knowledge on all that is skin, we're actually going to veer off on another topic today that she's become very well versed in, and that is learning to cope with being diagnosed with MS at just 28 years old. Uh, Maddie, thank you for being here today. Thanks for having me. You bet. Uh, I'm really glad you're here today to tell your story. We hear more and more of young people being diagnosed with autoimmune disorders and is something that so many of us know absolutely nothing about. Can you tell us about how you felt in the early days prior to your diagnosis? Yeah, so it took probably just over two years for me to actually get my diagnosis. I um, remember feeling lightheaded, dizzy. I'd have like little spells and I can remember going into eMERGE multiple different times and each time I'd go in, they would tell me, no, it's just anxiety. It's part of being a mom. It's normal. You, you'll get through it. Maybe try some anxiety medication. Just kind of stuff like that repetitively over and over again. So I'd always walk out feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm so crazy for even going in. Like I wasted their time. I wasted my time. I just got to figure out why I'm having anxiety. But I, I didn't really feel like that was the right answer. I continued having these weird spells and then winter of 2017, 2018, when I was going through all those eMERGE appointments. And then in 2019, after I had my second son, about a month later, maybe just over a month later, I um, started getting numbness in one of my legs. And it actually kept getting worse, like it would go down my leg and kind of like up um, in my hip. And I had gone into eMERGE because I was kind of concerned it wasn't a normal thing for me. And um, once again, they told me it was from having a baby that was just part of it, I guess, which still seemed like not the right answer to me, but uh, it was kind of all that I was getting and I was just told that it would get better within time and to continue on. So they actually did do DV or an ultrasound to make sure that it wasn't a blood clot. So, I mean, they did do something, but still wasn't (laughs) the right answer. And then a few months later, I got vertigo really, really, really bad. And it lasted for about seven weeks. It was awful. And in between this, I had been going to doctors and trying to figure out what was wrong with me. Like, I just wasn't feeling right in my head. And I was trying to explain it to them. They were telling me that, again, it was anxiety. It was part of being a mom. Um, They were really pushing anxiety medication. But I, again, kept pushing it away because I knew that something wasn't right. I'm not really an anxious person. My body was clearly trying to tell me that something was wrong. And I'm glad that I listened to it because I, I fought for it. 
So after one doctor finally acknowledged that I was not going to be on medication, he sent me to a psychologist and it was kind of weird going into the appointments because I wasn't really sure why I was there. So I kind of just told her that I think there's something wrong with me health-wise and I, I don't I don't really know why I'm here. So she kind of diagnosed me as health anxiety. So I saw her for quite some time and then the vertigo had happened. So after the vertigo happened and it continued to go on for the seven weeks, I just couldn't do it anymore. I started getting numbness again in an opposite leg. My hand was delayed, my arm was delayed. I was feeling kind of weak. It was just, it, something just wasn't right. So again, I went back to my doctor. I remember during the bout of vertigo, my eyes were ping pong balls. They were going like crazy. It's called nystagmus. And it was so annoying to even try to look at somebody. I felt like they were just going back and forth. And it, like I was exhausted. And I just, I remember just feeling like garbage and felt like I was like the worst mom, the worst wife. And like, it wasn't like I had a physical wound, but something inside was not well, so it was hard for people to understand where I was coming from, and I couldn't really quite explain myself because I didn't know what was going on. So I had gone to, I uh, booked myself in to see an eye doctor, and they did some further testing um, to see what was going on. They couldn't find anything in that. Um, eye doctor had kind of suggested, have you considered getting like an MRI or ultrasound done or something? And I had, but my doctor obviously didn't think anything's wrong with me so I it kind of got ignored um but after I had gone to that and after I had gone to um physio I went back to my doctor and I demanded an MRI and I I got an MRI the next day and the following day I got my results and sure enough it was MS so that's kind of how my story came to be I listened to my body and I didn't give up. It's, you know, it's crazy that, and good for you for continuing to push because you have to be your own advocate for your own health nowadays. And like you knew something wasn't right and you have to keep pushing and pushing because a lot of, a lot of times in healthcare, they can kind of just put you to the side and say, oh, it's just probably this. You're fine. You're young. You're fine. It's, you know, and it's easy, easy for that to happen. I think that happens more than we think too. And that's the scary part that you do have to just like listen to your intuition and yeah, you know, your body more than anything, you know, what's normal and what's not and what you can discount as oh, I'm just really stressed out. And the sooner, you know, anything about your body, the better. Right. So oh, exactly. Yeah, that's just wild. And so being diagnosed with MS at such a young age had forced you to make a lot of drastic uh, changes in your life. Can you talk about how you navigated through the beginning after you found out? Yeah. So obviously I didn't know a lot about MS. I knew that the people I knew that had MS were all in wheelchairs, which was kind of startling. And my doctor, like when I had told me, it's actually interesting. So before I had gone in, I'm kind of like a Google doctor. Yeah, <laughs> WebMD is the yes, worst place worst. on earth. <laughs> so I started Googling because I knew something was wrong in my MRI. They kept telling me I was coming out and then they would hold me in there and they'd get the um, radiologist to come take a look. And I could see them through the mirror and I could see that there was like something wasn't right and they they seemed concerned. So I was panicking inside and then I couldn't sleep all night. I woke up in like a sweat and just feeling awful and just my mind was just racing. Like I knew something was wrong. And so I turned to Dr. Google mm -hmm. and 
<laughs> worst, worst place. Worst place to go. But you know what? It actually did lead me in the direction of MS, which, like I said, I didn't know much about. So as I was reading all the pinpoints, it was like marking me to a T. Mm-hmm. So going into the appointment, I was a little bit prepared. So when he said I had MS, I looked at him and I was like, I knew it. It's nice that I prepared myself going into appointment because I think I would have, it would have hit me a lot harder. But again, I didn't know a lot about MS. Either did he, I don't think, because he told me to Google, kind of figure out how to go from there until I saw, yeah, (laughs) until I saw a specialist. I don't think many people know, but to get into the MS clinic is quite a wait. I didn't get to talk to my doctor for the for my neurologist for the first time for four months. Wow. Yeah. So I really was on my own and trying to like learn from other people mm-hmm. that were dealing with the same disease. And everyone has such different symptoms. So it's everyone does things a little bit differently that work for them. So I actually my father in law had heard of this amazing doctor in Calgary and he he told me about her I did my homework about her and then I went and met her and she's the one that actually I say saved my life like she is the one that taught me what I needed to do right away she said you need to be cutting gluten and dairy out of your diet you need to be like exercising Mm -hmm. your water intake like she she's the one that really pushed me into the right direction before I even saw a specialist um that's awesome yeah that's she was my saving grace for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, we all learned about MS as you were diagnosed too, right? Our family. So, we, and we had no idea too. So it's, you start to educate yourself a little more and, you know, you learn that there's so many ways to just be able to live with it in a healthy and positive way, but it's just such a huge learning curve. And it's, it's so awesome that you found someone right away that kind of like put your mind at ease to be like, hey, this, you know, you can live with this for many, 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 many years, like, Mm -hmm. and and well, and like vibrantly, right? So when you went through and like had to change like your diet and your lifestyle and all your habits and or some of your habits and things like that, you kind of had to relearn your body. And I know you said that um, your body's more reactive, right? And so you've kind of had to adjust the way you do things or maybe your routine. Is there certain things that have just kind of helped you stay on track with that? Yes. So I know people always ask me, how do you not do like gluten Mm -hmm. or eat gluten and dairy? Like that's got to be so hard. You know what? I've tried doing it as a diet before. Yeah, that is really hard. Yeah. But when I know that it's going to help me with my life and make me be able to live a normal quality of life mm-hmm. is so easy. The motivation is there to be like, there's a reason I'm doing this, not just because it's better. I mean, everyone should probably be doing it, <laughs> but there's a motivation to stay on track, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's made it a lot more doable for me, um, just knowing that. And it really does make me feel so much better. My energy levels are so much higher. I've lost so much weight from it, which... Mm-hmm. You look fantastic, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, and everyone keeps talking like, oh my God, like, Maddie looks amazing. I'm like, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been like, yeah, a roller coaster, and it's, I mean, it's really made me a better person, and it, mm-hmm. I, I do have to be really careful about what I'm putting into my body, because I am quite reactive. I, I can, I feel like when I'm having an off day, if I change my diet, get the rest that I need, getting my water intake and doing some sort of physical activity, Mm. it will nip it in the butt. And I just, I don't know if it's a mind game thing. And because I think your mind is 
really powerful and I think that sometimes when I'm feeling down like that I try to control my thoughts Mm -hmm. and to not get so down on it and instead like go for a walk or go do something and just even after that I start to feel better yeah it seems so simple like drink some water eat healthy foods go for a walk clear your mind like try to push out negative thoughts it's like it seems wild that that's like that actually can improve your health by such a drastic measure and it's like so simple like we're going for all these different fixes of all these supplements and things and things that you're you know kind of sold on but it's like just follow your basic instincts and you know drink when you're thirsty and eat something healthy and yeah go outside and it's gonna make such a big difference it's just and it would help everybody Mm -hmm. and with so many things like even if you're just like stressed out or Mm -hmm. anxious or yeah you know upset like there's just it would it would help everybody in every aspect for me i don't want to be on medication Mm -hmm. um for ms so i'm doing everything i can in the power that i have to be careful what i'm putting in my body i'm watching my stress levels I'm getting the adequate amount of rest that I need. I um, Weather is really tough on me. Mm-hmm. So winter months, I'm a little bit more scared or like gloomy days mm-hmm. are a little bit rougher on me. But I watch the weather carefully when it does come to see how many days I'm dealing with because I know there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. So during those times, I'll try to keep myself busy because the busier I am, the less I think about it and like notice that my body's not feeling right. But I think it's super important that I listen to myself because I don't want to be spiraling out of control. And I, like I said, I, I really don't want to be on any medication for as long as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. I mean, just being diagnosed at age 28, I'm pretty young still mm-hmm. to be going through all these different medications yeah. that are potentially you're taking other medications to help with that medication. But instead of masking the whole situation I really just want to deal with it I know that I can't fix it Mm -hmm. or cure it at this point but I'll do what I can my own body yeah in mind and if you can keep your symptoms from from coming back or um like your spells from coming back by just lifestyle and diet management and all of that when I was learning about MS too and I I remember I told you about um that acupuncturist that I went to and and we just learned about it and I had said to her and I was just like tearing up and she's like it's magical she's like she's especially especially because she's young she's like she'll be she'll do much better because she's young i'm like okay (laughs) but yeah it's just something you have to educate yourself on and uh if you if you can avoid having to go to the medications for sure i think so i feel sad for the people that you know they just do what they're told Mm -hmm. and they don't think anything different yeah and i look at a lot of people's quality of life and I always wonder like would it be different had they mm-hmm. you know maybe changed their diet or yeah. been told to just go for a walk for 20 minutes a day like I'm not breaking a sweat every time I'm not no. like a huge like gym rat or anything mm-hmm. but I just like take mm-hmm. care of yourself just yeah. move mm-hmm. so sometimes I'm like I wonder what other people where they would be at if they were in the same situation mm-hmm. that I was or even like if they had we're brave enough just to be like, is there more I can do besides yeah. this to be able, again, to advocate for your own health and be like, okay, well, that's the medication that's supposed to help with this specific disease, but what else can I do beyond that? It's I mean, not a one size fit all, mm-hmm. but I feel like the healthcare system, I love it. Yeah. I do. It's a love I, hate, right? It is. Yeah. I've worked in it for years, and so like I see both sides, but mm-hmm. it's not a one size fits all. No. And it's sad because it is treated like that. Yeah, that is sad. 
And uh, with that, because I, I know when you started going through like all of your lifestyle changes, because you found out you had like leaky gut too, right? Yeah. So that is a new, that's, I mean, it's not a new thing, but it's something that we're hearing about all the time now. And still, I feel like so many of us are like, you keep hearing about it and like seeing it on social media and like doctors talking about it now, but it's like, it's still relatively new. Like you discovered that throughout this whole process, but how, what does that mean for you? Like, was that just diet changes or? Yeah, for the most part. So, and then there was like a couple of supp- supplements that I implemented into my lifestyle too. So with this doctor, she was amazing. So she, we did like a food sensitivity test to see what was going on with my body. And sure enough, it came back that I had leaky gut. So could the um the leaky gut could also be a culprit for you know like flares of ms like mm-hmm. there's clearly fires going on inside my body so getting that nipped would definitely help with any inflammation with that there was like it was a six month process of mm-hmm. different foods i had to cut out some for three months and then some for the whole six months and at first i was a little bit nervous to do it because it was like all my favorite foods were being completely cut out. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even know that like any of these foods were actually affecting me because I was eating them all the time and I never got upset stomachs. Mm-hmm. Like I had never had issues. Well, and some of those things, so I remember when you were doing that, some of those things that you had to cut out were really strange. Like, wasn't it like pepper? Or yeah. Like yeah. things that you would never think you have to like avoid. And yeah, so there was some wild. really interesting things mm-hmm. like oranges, pepper all sorts of things, corn, which is in everything. Yeah. Um, yeah, you learn, you probably learned a lot about the food industry throughout I this. I did. I did. <laughs> all I that didn't stuff know. that gets filled into different foods. Yeah. It is. Yeah. And I didn't know that. So I'm like way more aware when I buy things. I'm mm-hmm. always reading ingredients. Um, I mean, everybody's gut is, your gut is your second brain. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it sounds crazy, but it really, really is. When you're eating things, whatever you're putting into your body, isn't always good for you and it can affect the rest of your body mm-hmm. just like with our brain um you know like too much television or you know too much exposure to like certain things it's but yeah your stomach is your second brain so mm-hmm. it's you need to treat it like it is and I honestly had no idea about any of this it's just like I would eat what I wanted to eat mm-hmm. I clearly wasn't very healthy um but learning all these different things and learning what my body really couldn't handle and then reintroducing some of them. Mm -hmm. My body really was upset. I just wasn't noticing it because there were so many different fires going on that I wasn't reactive anymore. Mm -hmm. So after cutting all this different stuff out, my inflammation has been down. I have had like maybe a couple flare-ups, but no new lesions on any of my MRIs. That's awesome. But I've kept everything pretty much at bay. But I honestly think it has a lot to do with taking care of my second brain and taking care of, you know, my first brain and listening to myself and putting what's necessary into my body. And it is really interesting that, yeah, you're, once you become in tune with another part of your body, like like you said, the second brain, that you, you do become a lot more aware, right? And now that you have cut out so many things and reintroduced and you listen to both both of your brains now, right? It probably makes you feel a lot more intuitive to yourself overall, mm-hmm. right? That you have these two different parts that are that are working together to be like, no, we don't like this. We don't like this. Yeah, <laughs> no, that is like the best way to put it because yeah. I definitely do feel that way. Like I feel like I know my body really well. Yeah. I feel like I can tell like, oh, you've overdone it. Mm-hmm. Or no, you shouldn't have ate that. Yeah. Like I, I really tried to listen to myself because 
it's going to keep me at bay. Yeah. It really is. I believe in that. that. That's actually pretty empowering, right? It must feel good to have that understanding and like just really know yourself and what makes you tick well, right? For sure. Yeah. No, I am I'm grateful that I, I've figured this all out. And, you know, I think you've come at this with such a strong and positive attitude, overcame something that would be really, really challenging for anyone at any age, but being so young and having you know, two young kids and newly married, like there's just a lot to handle and wrap your mind around, which I think you've done such an amazing job at. Thanks. Yeah. And um, so what would you, what would you tell somebody who just learned of their diagnosis? It's not the end all be all. Yeah. Like for me, like I said, I was reading Dr. Google to figure out what was going to happen to me. And I was like, oh, should I start thinking about putting in like a ramp in my house? Like, am I going to be mobile? Right. Um, but don't think the worst of it because it's multiple sclerosis for a reason. Because there's so many different diagnoses of it. It's not a one size fits all diagnosis. It really isn't. So I think you can nip it in the butt. Mm-hmm. Or I know you can. Mm-hmm. You just have to listen to yourself and get yourself the help that your body needs. So cutting out certain things, watching your stress levels, getting the amount of the adequate amount of rest that your body needs. Like if you need to go have a nap, go have a nap mm-hmm. and don't feel guilty about it. And I, I can remember that being really hard for me because I felt like, oh my gosh, I'm a mom. I'm supposed to be like go, taking go, care go. of my kids yeah. and going. Like it, they're not napping. Like why should I be napping? And like it's not fair for my husband to be like left doing everything, like coming home from work and I'm like, exhausted and we're a really good team and my husband has been so supportive through it all in every single aspect he's like done the diet with me Mm -hmm. to change everything and he's like bends over backwards to make sure that I am always in the right direction he's my number one supporter and I cannot thank him enough for it because I think it would be challenging you know, he, there's nothing wrong with him. Why would he need to make all these different mm-hmm. changes? But he really is amazing. And so awesome. I think everyone needs to have that support system. So whether yeah. it's a spouse or a friend or a family member, get a good support system. And don't think about the negative side of things because, you know what, that's only going to get you down in a pivot. Like, it's, it's not going to get you anywhere because you don't really know what's going to happen to you. And so, you know, the more stress you put on your body, the worse off you're going to be. For me, it was almost like a relief to get a diagnosis, it was like, oh, okay, I'm not losing mm-hmm. my mind. I'm not a crazy lady. There, right. there was something wrong with me. Yeah. It sounds kind of wild that I was like almost excited. Not excited that I had something right. wrong with me, but it was like, okay, my Relief. body, I listened to myself. I wasn't wrong. Like I was right. And then it was like, okay, now what can we do to take care of it? Yeah. Like I said, I don't, there's nothing at this point that I know can cure me, but there are things that I know that can better me. Mm-hmm. And I've proven it over and over again. Like even talking to my neurologist, he's always like, I really think you should be on medication. Like the medication that he's offering me is actually just uh, an antibiotic. It's minocycline, which is really great for acne. So I'm like, <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could, but I'm just stubborn because I'm yeah. like, I don't really want to. And I, I'm proving that I don't really need it. Yep. And I've gone um, back for three other MRIs and I've passed them all with flying colors. Had a girl. I know. Killed it. I have. I really have. And it feels so good. Like, I honestly feel like I'm always prepping for a test, like a big exam. Yeah, just always on, (laughs) ready, ready scholar. Yes, I know. It sounds wild, but I'm like, I'm performing the best I've ever did because I didn't like school, so I'm doing the best I can. And every time he calls to Mm -hmm. give me my results, 
he's like, I don't know what you're doing, but keep doing what you're doing. And it feels good because in the last time he didn't even bring up medication. So awesome. I'm like proving to him that I'm like, look, there are alternatives. And I just hope that he'll share it with his patients that are also, you know, kind of in the boat that I'm in that don't really want to be on medication for yep. the rest of their life. It's nice to know that just to hear stories like yours, to know that, hey, you, there are other ways to approach this. And like you said, maybe it won't work for every single person, but it's worth taking a look at. And I think that too often people just do what they're told and they don't do their own research or push themselves to find a different way or other things that they can mix into their life that might help. So mm -hmm. yeah, no, I think that you've done such an amazing job with that and just keep persevering through it and you're not letting it hold you back. And yeah, you've got so much ahead of you and you've got, you know, your family, your young family's growing and it's so great. You have such a good support system and yeah, to have your hubby just jump on board and <laughs> now he's just like, wow, I'm super healthy too. Sweet. <laughs> you know, so no, great. it's, yeah. And that's so important. And, and you're right. Just to surround yourself with people who can lift you up and keep you going and keep you on track, right? So Exactly. I never wanted it to identify me. It can be a part of me, but it will never identify me. I don't want to wake up every day thinking what's going to happen to me, what's mm -hmm. wrong with me, I can't believe I have this. Like it's, I mean, for the first few months, it was like hard to kind of wrap around. I'd go through stages of being like kind of angry, like what could I have done differently? Like did mm -hmm. I, is it maybe because of all this leaky gut? And I'll just never know really where it came from because it's not, no one in my family at this point has it. But I just, I made a commitment from the beginning that it will not identify me as a human. No, and you have, you've, uh, you, I really do commend you. You've done so much hard work to get here and your positivity and your whole aura. You just seem like you've shifted and you feel so much more at ease. Like, and that, that does show. I really appreciate you sharing your story with us. And I hope it helps others to understand that you can continue to live a very vibrant life, even with um, a diagnosis that seems really dark to begin with. And you've really proven that and you're continuing to prove it all the time. And I'm so proud of you. And um, for all of the, you that don't know, Maddie is a medical esthetician. So if you want to have your skin glowing from the inside out, go over to Dermabar and get a treatment from her. Follow Dermabar, see all the skin tips and tricks that she has for you. And uh, you will be glowing from the inside out. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you bet. And that is it for our show today. Thank you for joining us. We will see you next time on the Seasonal Skin Collective podcast.